BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. And today I am joined, of course, by our resident celebrity soothsayers. Uh, we have formerly baby girl, Miss Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. And we have the amazing and dapper Miss Gwen Flamberg in the house. Dapper. Now that's an interesting characteristic. Another week where Gwen in. gets a compliment and Sarah gets nothing. Maybe I'll switch it around next week, Sarah. We'll see. We'll see what you do. Well, we have a jam-packed show full of ridiculous and fun celebrity news. We have some directors who thought their mute button was on, a huge royal riff stretching back to the mid-90s, celebrities making friends in prison, a real housewife diving into the porn biz, and a lot of TikToker drama. But before we unpack all of this, which I'm very excited to get into this royal drama, let's set some intentions, not for us because we aren't going to follow through, but let's set them for some celebrities and see if we can do some good good in the world. Gwen, who is your intention for this week? Oh my gosh, you guys. My intention is for Megan Fox. Oh my God. Look different Megan, okay. Perhaps, I know you guys looked really surprised just then. Perhaps you have noticed that she revealed some fresh ink. Yes, I did. A fresh ink that could be seen with her very pretty outfit, just like jewel tone green, one of my favorites. At the AMAs, uh, this script on her free bone that translates to gunfighters. So people are speculating that, of course, she got this for Machine Gun Kelly. I know you still stan, ship that relationship. What is it, Sarah? I don't know. I stan Machine Gun Kelly and I ship Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. All right, anyway, you know what I don't stan? Like, bold tattoos on pretty women with beautiful bodies. Like, listen, do what you gotta do. I love, I love ink. I love an expression of love, but like, come on, script right on your collarbone. It's very Angelina, isn't it? It's also just like a step away from a face tattoo. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say, Megan Fox, I'm happy that you're in love, even though your poor ex-husband, who you married like twice, I think, was, you know, to the curb. But happy that you're in love, you know, just like keep it under wraps. Be classy. You're a mom. I agree. like that intention. Yeah, I agree. The collarbone is one step away from the face tattoo. It's giving me Angelina Jolie, like covering up her Tibetan tattoo for Billy Bob vibes. And I just don't think it's going to go anywhere well. Sarah, who's your intention for this week? Before I jump into mine, I also just want to say about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and this tattoo. I did a poll on my Instagram today um, at Sarah Heron, if you're not following me, H-E-A-R-O-N. And I was asking my lovely followers if they think it's more intense when celebrities get tattoos for their significant others or name a song after them. And tattoo is winning like with an overwhelming landslide. And I would like to tell those people that they are wrong. Cause even though, yes, it's insane to get, you know, a tattoo of 
um, gunman or whatever her tattoo means in Spanish. <laughs> Megan Fox. Gunfighter. Gunfighter, sorry. Um, tattoos can be covered up or removed. If you've seen Vanderpump Rules, you know that Jax Taylor has gotten several roses over Stassi Schroeder's name and face on his body or, you know, pay for the removal. A song lives forever. Like Ariana Grande mm-hmm. will always have a song called Beat Davidson. Jennifer Lopez will always have a song called Dear Ben. And Kelly Clarkson, which inspired this whole poll, will always have that Christmas song called Brandon Song for her now ex-husband. That is like even more intimate. And again, the tattoos can be can be fixed. I voted song. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Everyone else, please vote if this poll is still up. Um, anyway, moving on, because, you know, I could talk about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox forever and Brian Austin Green, who needs to stop doing um, Instagram lives from Starbucks. Uh, I would like my intention to be for Lisa Vanderpump, the one, the only. Um, there's speculation right now that Pump is now closing in addition to Villa Blanca. Um, amid the coronavirus pandemic. And while I, I totally feel for Lisa, she's a restaurant owner. This is a horrible time to be in the service industry. Um, I, I just like want to know what's really going on here because I feel like there's things we don't know about maybe some of her finances or her restaurants. Tom Tom waited forever to reopen. Sir is open now, but we still have no Vanderpump rules. Like there's just there's something there. Mm. All right. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think they're just going to shut it all down? I don't know. I thought so. But then now that Sheena said something about how they actually were planning to move forward with and like film it around those April, all of them being due in April, which I don't really want to watch. But now that L.A. County is back to being closed, I don't know. I think they should let it go. And like next summer, try to do a Tom Tom spinoff. But. Oh, God. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about more of another Vanderpump Rules stars who's trying to get back on TV. But for now, my intention this week is for Mr. Ken Jennings. If you don't know Ken Jennings, he is the 74-game winning streak champion of Jeopardy, uh, an icon in American households. And he took home the record for five or for whopping $2.52 million in earnings. And they just announced that starting in late November, he will be filling in for Alex Trebek as his guest host while Sony decides who's going to be the actual guest host for Alex Trebek. And I just want Ken Jennings to stay on. I think he is such like a fan, such an amazing staple of Jeopardy. He feels like home. He feels comfortable. And I know they're looking at Neil deGrasse Tyson and some other people to fill it. But I think Ken Jennings is perfect. And I think they should just sit him where he is. Who do you guys think should be the next host of Jeopardy? Do you like Ken? I'm with you too. Yeah. Right. He's such like a just like lovable face and he just loves the game. So, you know, I want to see him on there. All right. Let's dive into some news. Let's start with the most hysterical uh, and cringeworthy story. A name we have not heard on this podcast before. Tristam Shapiro. If you don't know Tristam Shapiro, you will pretty soon. He is a director. He did Community, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, Veep and Parks and Recreation. And he was auditioning Lucas Gage, uh, an actor from Euphoria. And he thought he was muted during the audition. And he said, these these poor people live in these tiny apartments and then went on to criticize his TV before the actor, Lucas Gage, jumped in and said, hi, yeah, I know I live in like a tiny apartment. Give me this job and help me get a better one. And it was just so cringy. What did you guys think of seeing this? I was flabbergasted. Well, you're, it's, it's not even like it's the mute of it all. Even on like before Zoom and like conference calls, you think you're muted. I would always just be like so scared. 
and now on zooms it's like even when you do like the private messages like i am just like paranoid all the time so this was my worst nightmare um he apologized in this like lengthy open letter which was nice but also kind of like you're doing this because you have to like it was clearly like it was kind of almost too much like he apologized like he hurt like shot someone and it was like you just said something douchey which means you're just a douchebag it's just it is what it is and it's sad that he couldn't go back and like give Lucas the parks. Lucas is filming something in Honolulu, Hawaii right now, so we can't be up there. But it was just horrendous to watch this guy be like, this poor, poor person is like a plebe and shouldn't be on this movie. I need rich actors. It was just real, real messed up. It's but, also you know, interesting that this audition happened in August and he just posted it. So I wonder if, which he revealed in his like letter. So I wonder if he just found out he didn't get the part or if he was just like feeling yes. salty one day and went for it like months later. I, I would have posted it too good for lucas <laughs> i'm glad he posted it too and i think it's that he officially didn't get the part and he's like okay let's post this because i'm not getting this douchebags movie um well let's move on to the big house the jail the pen whatever you want to call it sarah tell us who reported to medium security prison this week you know it's officially an empty not so full house for olivia jade and bella rose <laughs> because massimo their father is in jail um like you said he's at a medium security prison compared to Lori's low security prison interesting note there not totally sure why yeah. um we think it could be for corona reasons but we're not sure got it got it yeah they're not gonna be able to see the girls because of corona which i don't know if they wanted them to go anyway because like it's kind of a lot to see your parents in jail but um Lori, we're expecting to get out around christmas right before the new year but massimo we will not be seeing live and in person probably until april around easter so it's going to be insane. weird holidays for the Chulanides, whatever your other name is. That is a long time. Gwen, how do you think he's going to fare in medium security prison with his new buzz cut? Do you think he's going to be intimidating? Oh, my God. We have to talk about the hair and the beard, Gwen. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole new look for him, but this is what you have to do. You go to the big house to avoid things such as lights, even though I do believe that he's in this medium security prison prison because where they found a place that he could be sort of isolated from other prisoners so you know whilst he might look a little intimidating i don't think that he's going to be fraternizing with too many of his prison buddies but you never know unlike well, that, our girl aunt becky I yeah. screamed when i saw this source reporting she has friends travis tell me <laughs> yes. she does Yes, she does. A source has just told us that Lori has been doing okay and has made several friends while in prison. Um, The source went on to say she hangs out with a group, um, but also keeps to herself within that group. And she's been praying a lot. She attends church every Sunday. And a lot of the other women are really happy that Lori is in with them because they're taking COVID-19 really seriously with such a high profile inmate. Because it would be horrible PR if Lori got COVID and got really sick. So I think this is why she's making friends. She's keeping them all safe they're like we love you on becky right and they can be like what's it like to kiss john stamos like tell me everything about can't the alston twins like really how do you really feel about them like honestly Lori laughlin's kind of the dream inmate roommate friend you know what's allowed to be on the prison tv in the rec room it's totally g-rated and won't make anything aggressive so i think the ladies like all know and love Lori laughlin yeah, and if they get the Hallmark movies, then they could be, you know, huge pandemonium within the jail. Do you think there's a lot of women in low security prison that are big Win Calls the Heart stands that are like, here's Lori Laughlin's star of Win Calls the Heart. And they're like, 
picketing for Lori to get back on the show because she was unfairly <laughs> kicked off for this fraud crime. I mean, it's just I would do anything to be a fly on the wall in that prison. I would give anything to figure out what the name of that TV show actually means because it makes no that effing too. sense. That's what I really want to hear. Well, let's take it out of the big house and across the pond. Gwen, tell us what Harry and Meghan have given up to another princess. Well, actually not another, just a princess. I'm a little depressed about it, you guys, because I'd actually asked my friend in the UK to look into buying it for <laughs> me because then I would be as close as I could possibly be, you know, to my Meghan. But basically, Princess Eugenie and her husband, Jack Brooksbank, are expecting their first child early next year. And this to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's Frogmore Cottage, their home in Windsor, which, you know, I really wanted, Trav. I really wanted it. It's lovely. They just did renovations there. It'd be perfect for you. That's exactly right. They poured millions of dollars into this renovation. Frogmore Cottage is also not that far from David Beckham and Victoria Beckham's home. You know, I just right. thought it would be like really a perfect place for me to go for my second lockdown. I don't know about well, it. Well, but if anyone's going to take it, I know you love Princess Eugenie. Her and her new husband absolutely deserve it. <laughs> She's, they're nesting. They're nesting because she's pregnant. But really, it's because Eugenie has always been more than just a cousin to Harry. They were also the closest of friends, according to royal experts, Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand. They wrote this in their book, Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan and the Making of a Modern Royal Family. Out of all the Queen's grandchildren, Harry and Eugenie have one of the most natural connections. Like Harry, Eugenie is loyal, honest, and also great fun. Things weren't always that great between Harry and Eugenie because Meghan, 39, and Harry, 36, chose to share the news that they were pregnant at Eugenie and Jack's royal wedding when really yeah. it had been Eugenie's day. Yeah. You know that Meghan, she's always stealing everyone's thunder. Yeah, that was a pretty, a pretty bad moment for them. But it seems like they've moved on because I don't know if it's even Harry and Meghan's choice to give up Frogmore, but I'm sure they had some type of say. Sarah, are you a Eugenie stan? Do you, are you happy that she's <laughs> moving into, you know, close to the Beckhams and the royal family? Honestly, I love, um, is it Eugenie or Eugenie? I always said Eugenie. Um, Eugenie. And Beatrice. I think they are so <laughs> cool. Um, and even though we all like labeled them the stepsisters after we saw them at Will and Kate's wedding, they've really come into their own since then. And they both had really pretty wedding dresses and unique. I covered e e Eugenie's wedding, I think, mm -hmm. um, for us. I, she was on scoliosis, right? Yeah. Eugenie is the yeah, she showed up. who wore the backless dress to show off right. her scoliosis surgery scars, which was very inspiring. I agree. That was like real life princess stuff, like mm -hmm. relatable princess powerful um and i feel like they really kind of even though their dad is rough and kind of their mom too they they have like a good setup because they get to be princesses but they also get to be you know just like us so i'm right. jealous of them and i'm happy for them and hopefully they find like maybe an old Meghan markle journal or something that they can leak to the press in frogmore <laughs> This would be that's my new that's my new intention oh that's a really good intention Wait, well Chad, how much money did they spend on those renovations three exactly million. do you know yeah, three million. But apparently they have repaid the crown for... Yes, they have. Yeah. As soon as they signed the Netflix deal, then it came out that they paid for the crown. Probably with the money, with the advance. Absolutely. Money. 
<laughs> but you know, that's not the only royal drama that's going on right now. We gotta go back to 1995 to even catch up when Princess Diana gave this notorious, candid and explosive interview with uh, on Panorama, a host there with Martin Bashir in 1995 in November. And it came out later that Bashir had created fake bank, bank statements to manipulate Diana's brother, Spencer, to help him negotiate the interview. So she said all of these horrible things about Charles. She talked about her bulimia and self-harm. It was like a really memorable time back in 1995. And Prince William uh, gave us a statement via his reps that says the independent inv in the independent investigation is a step in the right direction. It should help establish the truth behind the actions that led to the Panorama interview and subsequent decisions taken by those at the BBC at the time. The BBC has apologized to Spencer and all of them. Um, and there are reports that Harry has not been so supportive of Prince William after he issued the public statement about this interview. Um, but a source tells us that Harry is getting regular updates and is aware of everything that happened. Um, but, you know, it seems like a strange time with the crown and the crown coming out to bring up this old Diana interview. I don't really understand the timing. Sarah Huron, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think the timing must, unless I'm missing something, must have something to do with The Crown, maybe, because I bet they got a lot of material. I haven't watched mm -hmm. the season of The Crown yet. Um, I've never made it through season one. Um, but, <laughs> oh, my God, Sarah, you must. I know, but season, can I just skip season one? It's so yeah, boring. Yeah, you can skip all of them before. <laughs> okay, no, okay, great. No, no, season, you really need to start watching in season two, because... It sets up, it tells you everything you need to know about Prince Charles. I want to know so bad, but as I'm watching and, you know, the fog is the main villain, I'm like, all right, I just, I can't get through this. I'm so bored. And it's really hard for me to watch a show that I need to like listen to the accents because I'm always on my phone. So <laughs> it's, it's a problem. That's a personal problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is very interesting to me. It's confusing to me. Um, and I don't really know what the goal is because like the, the, all the stuff she said in that interview is already out there and it's going to always be out there. And it's was yeah. really insane for the time. And I feel like people are still like reeling from some of the stuff as you watch the crown. So I don't know, but I, I, I'm really just want to see how I just can't wait for William and Harry to finally have to be in the same place. That's what I'm really looking forward to. I know a source is telling us that this, that the reason Harry, the, the reason that William's upset with Harry is because he didn't release a statement or speak out against this interview when it was recirculating and it is quote, driving a wedge between the brothers. Gwen, do we need more of a wedge between these bros? They are crossing a bridge that they are then going to like blow up and they can't get back over. Yeah, I agree. That's like what makes me more horrified in the story of anything. Well, let's move on to something fun. We are getting back to regular scheduled awards show programs. And I know that all of us live and breathe for awards show moments. So we had the AMAs, the American Music Awards on Sunday. And I just wanna know what everyone's highlights were from having uh, the most normal seeming awards show that we've gotten since March. You know, I missed it. Um, so sorry. However, I will say that my highlight is Ellen Pompeo and Grey's Anatomy winning after the McDreamy return and the buzz. And I just love that show so much. And I love that after 17 seasons, it's still breaking records, winning awards, getting high ratings and being iconic. And that will always be something for me to celebrate. 
you know, that is great. My favorite was, I've watched it like five times, the Megan Thee Stallion performance of Body, Body, Yaddy, Yaddy, Yaddy. I mean, just invented a TikTok dance right there on the stage, jiggling in all the right places. It was just a beautiful television moment, moment for me. All right, so, you know, taking a, speaking of bodies, uh, let's talk about Pornhub. So Pornhub Awards have uh, been announced and there is a Real Housewife that we love. Leah McSweeney is gonna be a presenter. It is not clear what awards she will be presenting. Maybe Best Amateur, since she's the first on the show, would be great. But uh, Leah said in a statement to page six, I am beyond excited to be part of the iconic Pornhub Awards when censorship is at an all-time high. I celebrate and hope everyone celebrates freedom of speech and the right to enjoy sensuality and sexuality. Housewives, official fan, Sarah Huron. What do you think about Leah going to Pornhub? Um, all I have to say about this is I hope there was a camera on Ramona Singer when the news broke because she is going to freak out when she realizes that Leah is doing this. And that is my official comment. Very, very true. Gwen, what do you think about, you know, real housewives and porn overlapping here? Cute, sophisticated, timely, or just, you know, a little raunchy? I mean, it's not eleganza. I just think it's nobody can really do anything to make money right now. So they're like taking these opportunities to make a little bit of cashish. And, you know, the thing is, is that like, I think it cheapens well, the brand, hers and the whole Real Housewives brand. But let's see what Andy Collin has to say about that. <laughs> let's. I mean, you know, Pornhub's an institution and, you know, she's got to get that check. Speaking of people trying to get a check, uh, Sarah Huron, why don't you tell us what Hillary Duff is doing? She was filming Younger, everyone's like favorite show. We all love Younger. But what had happened? Lizzie McGuire's got the Rona. Ugh, so sad. You know, pregnant with baby number three and stuck in a basement. Um, she's posting a lot of funny stuff because she's slowly losing her mind as she quarantines. Um, I think she's feeling somewhat okay because she's been able to post. Um, I do love Younger. And I'm happy that they were filming. I guess this now delays it. Um, I'm more upset that this is going to probably inevitably delay the already inevitably delayed mm -hmm. and never coming back Liz McGuire reboot that I'm still holding out hope for that I'm pretty sure has been canceled, but I refuse to admit. Um, but yeah, prayers for Hill. Love her. I've been listening to her 2002 Christmas album um, down on Santa Claus Lane um, from I've Hillary. I've been from listening to a lot of Hillary Duff recently too. Really? Honestly, like her album that came out a few years ago is actually really, really good. And then her old stuff from that, that, that Hillary Duff Santa Claus Lane album is just everything to me. Oh, great. On Sarah's pod, on Sarah's listening list. All right. Well, let's talk about maybe uh, the most controversial couple that we like to talk about other than Harry and Meghan here on Aswahoo's Hot Hollywood podcast, Chloe and Tristan. And I love when we overlap with sports Ooh. and I feel very, very sportsy. So uh, let me see if I'm saying this right. Tristan Thompson was drafted to be on the Boston Celtics. No, Sarah's saying no. Draft? You're only drafted once. He was drafted a long time ago out of college or high school whenever he started in the NBA. So he was traded to the Celtics. He signed a deal. Oh. Okay, so uh, Tristan was traded and signed a deal to move to the Boston Celtics, and they will be splitting their time going back and forth. And a source tells us that uh, Tristan is a changed man. All of her friends really like him, and things are going really good in the hood. Sarah, you seem skeptical. Tell us about it. I'm skeptical for two reasons. First of all, this Tristan is a changed man narrative will never be real to me because it all happened during quarantine. Tristan and Chloe have been together since March when they were stuck in their 
big ass Calabasas mansion together and he couldn't go out and see anyone because of something called COVID-19. Now that he will be traveling again and back to being an NBA player who's making a lot of money, I have a hard time believing he will still be a changed man. I would love to be proved wrong. I have a feeling I won't be. My other issue with this is I have watched every episode of Kimmy with the Kardashians and I watched Chloe move to Texas for Lamar and it mm-hmm. for when he was on the Mavericks, I believe. And it did not go very well for poor Chloe, who had to spend all this time in the city by herself. It's not like she can go roam and make friends. She's Chloe freaking Kardashian. So at least she has the kid now to like keep her company in Boston. But yeah. I just it's the family's in L.A. If you're going to make it work, he needed to find a way to get on the Golden State Warriors, to get on the Clippers, the Lakers, like I don't know how much control he has. Probably not a lot, Forty Spice. <laughs> but this is not going to work. I not just a, know it. No need to flex all of those sports football teams that you know, Sarah. Um, yeah, right. Gwen, Gwen, what do you think? Do you think Kristen, Tristan, and Chloe are going to be okay with him moving to Boston, or are you skeptical, like Sarah? I'm super skeptical. I'm super skeptical, no matter where he lives because I just don't really see them having a real relationship with real longevity. But I do have to say that when he got signed to the Celtics, I think that that upped his persona for the Kardashians. And I think Chris was like, girl, you got to stay with him because now he's in the big time. Yeah, I I agree. And I really, I like Sarah really hope that he's like a changed guy and doing really well, but just, he did so many girls dirty in the same way. It's just not looking good. I will say he's a professional athlete and he's a very particular kind of professional athlete. And no matter what, he's not going to be faithful to her. He's proven this over and over again. So it's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me like 800 times. Shame on Chloe. All right. I agree, Gwen. But I will say to your point, I would not have wanted to watch Chloe and Tristan take Cleveland, but I would watch Chloe and Tristan take Boston. Totally. I would absolutely watch that content too. I just feel like she'd be such a fish out of water there, but you know, we'll see. So another intention from Sarah, uh, Chloe and Tristan take Boston. Yes. Yes. I will watch that. Let's move into definitely the most streamed, clicked on uh, drama of the week that is on TikTok between some icons, Trish Papadis. I mean, been a scandal on YouTube and MySpace since before these kids were born. Um, and James Charles and, you know, Sarah, tell us why they're beefing with Charlie. Okay, well, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, icons themselves, the sisters D'Amelio, made a video. 100 million followers now. Yes, Charlie did reach 100 million. Props to her. She's 16. Um, So they made a video with their parents because... um, which is a very important key here. Their parents, Heidi and Mark, are very much involved in their content making, which part of me is like, get that check, D'Amelio's, and other part of me is like, oh boy, we need someone reeling these kids in because it's not going to end well. So they made a video, dinner with the D'Amelio's. They had a chef there and he made snails and to mess with Dixie, basically. And she tried to eat the snail. She threw up. Charlie Wan asked for dinosaur nuggets. Basically, they were rude to the chef. Um, Charlie made a reference to wanting 100 million followers. And then James Charles joked, oh, the 95 mil wasn't enough. And basically, they came off kind of rude, like teenagers in this video. And, you know, the TikTok community freaked out and tried to cancel the D'Amelios over this behavior. James Charles defended them. He's their friend. Then Trisha Paytas got mad at James Charles for trying to defend them. And then everyone was like, Trisha, you're 32 years old. Why are you talking about 16-year-olds? And it just got really, really intense really quickly. The chef has come out and been like, I'm not mad at the D'Amelios. Everyone can calm down. But for a few days, I was like, are we really canceling these girls over snails? 
I I agree. I thought that it was really weird that escargot would be the turning point that we're like, no, this is too much. These there girls are, hate escargot. Oh. Here's the thing, you guys. They did act a little um, entitled and snobby, bratty, and super immature. But Charlie is 16 years old, and Dixie is 19 years old. They're babies. They're children. I mean. Maybe their parents then should have kind of stepped in. But listen, here's don't ever forget why you fell in love with somebody. They're they're you, they're TikTok stars. They're like they create spectacle and it's fun and it's entertaining. And you know what the dinner was? Fun and entertaining. And I think that it's just a little bit of a sour grapes or rather sour escargot. <laughs> Yeah, you, they're je- people are jealous. People are jealous that they are making right. all this money and they're but they're also giving in them all this money and this power and it's just ridiculous. There's literally kids on TikTok saying the N-word, saying racist things, like perpetuating horrible like propaganda stereotypes, like just just being yeah. idiots, coronavirus spreaders and the Demilios having a bratty moment. Right. I think it's okay. We can recognize it and be like, all right, that was a little snotty. Maybe I shouldn't emulate that behavior, but like to try to cancel these girls over snails, I can't. I like what Gwen said, that it's like all is spectacular and they're giving us the content we want from them like this. And when you guys know that when you fall into like a YouTuber, TikToker drama hole, you could be gone for hours looking into what these 16 year olds are saying out of each other. And it's fascinating. And they're serving that up, Gwen. You're right. Let's move on to, uh, I don't want to say real celebrities, but let's say like real celebrities. Uh, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. A source just told us that they are already ready for another baby. The source told us that they are so happy as parents together and want to continue to expand their family. And that makes me really, really happy because they're they're maybe one of my favorite couples out right now because they're just so funny. Joe Jonas has been through so many ladies and he finally found like the coolest girl in the world and they want to have more babies why not no one's doing anything sarah Huron, your thoughts i love do you want more jonas's absolutely bonuses? i love the bonus jonas's i love joe and sophie i think it's so interesting that we have a girl from her and two daughters from kevin let's keep it going let's get the jonas cousin sister band maybe i That's can manage I it i don't know like sign me up and i want to know if nick and priyanka are gonna have kids and what's going on there i feel like there's something up maybe I do too. I can't wait for Priyanka to get pregnant too. Um, well, let's move on to our last story that does involve some Vanderpump rules, lady. We are talking about Faith Stowers. Um, Stowers, of course, was accused of crime she did not commit by uh, Stassi and Kristen. Um, and so she was the reason that it really all got canceled. And now we hear that Faith is trying to shop her own Vanderpump-esque series centered around Black-owned business um, mm. while Sir is still up in the air. Um, Sarah, what do you think about Faith stopping the show? Do you think that she has like the scandal to like keep it alive herself? Do you think she has the wherewithal to like cast a show like this? Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think Faith was, you know, a good reality TV personality. She was on the challenge and X on the beach too. And I think I'm not opposed to having her back on TV. I don't know if this is necessarily the perfect platform. I really am just sad that I wanted them to film everything go down and have faith like confront Sassy and Kristen talk Mm -hmm. to them. I think that would have been more beneficial and interesting and educational. And on Southern charm right now, we're seeing Catherine Dennis have to like be confronted about her racist actions and remark and her family's past. And I think, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable for Catherine and some of us to even watch, but it, it, it makes more sense to me than just kind of 
shoving everyone away or like inventing a new show. But I think, I mean, good for faith. I think she's really a cool girl and she's smart and savvy. And if this works out, Good for her. Yeah, I know Faith from, I don't watch Vanderpump, but I know her from her other reality stints. And she seems like she could lead the charge for me. And I'd love if this racist um, scandal that brought down Pump Rules turned into like an all-black, black-owned Pump Rules that was super entertaining. I think that would be beautiful poetic justice just for everybody. So, you know, I'm putting that as my attention. We've set so many intentions. Like, one of these are bound to happen. Like, I'm just really praying. I'm like putting my witchy vibes out here, like... We're playing the numbers. Olivia Jade vlog any day now. <laughs> You'll only get an Instagram stories. Well, you guys know what it's time for now. Oh my God. It's celebrity birthday boxing media. Okay. We are going to Gwen for the first bout of the evening. We have Jonathan Knight from new kids on the block. Who's turning 52 versus Chrissy Teigen, who is turning 35. Well, first of all, the fact that someone who was in New Kids on the Block turning 52 is like something I just didn't need to hear today. Well, anybody boxing Chrissy Teigen, I'm sorry, but there is just no contest. She would take anybody out and really quickly, really quickly. I'm so sorry. So sorry, Jonathan Knight. Um, Sarah, our second bout of the evening, we have Anna Ferris, who's turning 44, versus Kaylee Kowoko, who's turning Ooh. 35 this week. Want to know something crazy? I really don't like either of them. Okay. <laughs> I have had, like, I hate the Big Bang Theory more than anything, and I like to eat simple rules, but overall, Kelly Cuoco is just, like, not it for me, and, like, Anna Ferris kind of scares me, um, mm -hmm. but I think Anna would win. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big Kaylee Cuoco fan, and I can't really figure out why. All right, Gwen, our next match is, is Ben Stiller is 55 this week versus Clay Aiken, who is 42 this week. Oh, my, my, my. Well... <laughs> Whilst Clay Aiken would try to like exercise his vocal cords and he would like be singing and trying to like psych out Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller is just, you know, he would knock him out with one joke. Well, he would. And now he's taking the place of referee, Sarah. And now we have in the final battle, Chrissy Teigen, 35 versus Anna Ferris, 44. I know it's a tough one. I'm speechless. <laughs> but my girl Chrissy Teigen, man, she's been through a lot this year and she's going to power through. Ding, ding, ding. I was hoping Chrissy Teigen would win this. She does deserve this just for, you know, bringing light into our lives, even when there's none in hers. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in today. And don't forget to bring up this podcast at Thanksgiving dinner. You know, flex your knowledge. Show that you're actually an informed person who cares about celebrity gossip and culture. And rate us five stars. And everyone have a safe and happy holiday. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.